What's up, beautiful people? It's your girl, Amber Jones, and I am so incredibly excited. It is the official first episode of The Revival, and I'm so excited that you are joining me to listen in and hopefully join this journey with me as I endeavor to be faithful to God um, and also be able to bring together some great people in our community to have some really great conversations and to spark a further revival in our community for God to serve our community, to fight for justice and everything in between. So I'm so excited. I want to spend some time in this first episode to just lay a foundation to really just talk about where this idea came from, um, to really talk about what's to come, to really talk about what we're hoping to accomplish. This is really, as I said in the trailer, this is sowing a seed of faith. Uh, The podcast is really just one piece of something much bigger that God has shown me is deeply, deeply needed in our public discourse, in our community. And so let's get started. Let's get started. So I just want to spend some time just briefly introducing myself. So my name's Amber Jones. I am a lifelong Midwesterner. I was born and raised on the South side of Chicago, and I've been a resident of the Twin Cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota for about a decade now. I've spent my entire adult life here in the Twin Cities. I am a community organizer by trade, and it's really funny. I didn't think that politics or policy or anything like that would be my jam (laughs) when I came to Minnesota. Um, But once I got here, um, I started volunteering for um, a political campaign and just kind of never left this kind of work. I've spent most of my time, though, in issue-based organizing and done a lot of work in education reform, um, done a lot of work. Uh, even in economic justice a little bit, Um, also have done work in cultural institutions, and now I am in government. On the flip side, as I have done that work, um, God has also called me to ministry. Um, He actually called me to ministry when I was in high school, um, and then I spent most of my 20s kind of doing a lot of work in community, doing a lot of community engagement and organizing. But recently, over the past couple years, I would say the Lord has really been faithful to bring me back into a space of honoring him, following him, and also serving him. And I think throughout this journey in particular, as well as just some of the times that we have lived through in particular as well, and I'll get to that in a little bit, God has just been really faithful to show me that there is a plan. He has a plan for us. He is a just God. He's a faithful God. Um, And it's important that I bring those two elements of my life together and only I can do that in a very particular way. There's no space that's going to do that for me. Um, I'm a black woman. (laughs) Um, I'm very proud of who I am as a black person, as a black woman. Um, It's really important to me to be able to pour into black institutions, black communities, um, and also I'm just entirely grateful for what our ancestors have done through generation, generation to be a faithful people to God um, and also a faithful uh, community to each other. We're not perfect. (laughs) We're far from it. The church has never been perfect, but we continue to progress forward. And I have um, full confidence and full belief that the church will continue to perfect 
um, us as God perfects our faith, we will be able to perfect our work more and more. So I'm super excited. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about timeline. Um, so as I mentioned, I have been here in the Twin Cities for about a decade, and um, we all know the dread years <laughs> 2020 has had a huge impact on our lives. And truth be told, I thought I wouldn't even be in Minnesota by now. I thought that based on my own plans and my own journey that I would be moving that year and I would go do something else, go further my education, move back home. I really wasn't trying to stay here. But the Lord had um, shifted my plans and had me stay here. And this was also the year that I shifted into uh, government and policy a little bit more directly. And I made that shift right as the pandemic was starting. <laughs> and I think all of us have stories about how this pandemic has completely shifted um, how we live, how we work, how we possibly even have relationships with God, how we have relationships with each other. Um, God really used the beginning of the pandemic to really focus me in on a relationship with him and knowing him much deeper. Um, and I think that has completely carried me through the past several years, honestly. Um, and then as we know, very clearly, um, George Floyd was murdered. And I had a real moment of like, God, I was going to leave this state. And now our state is in such incredible crisis. Our community, black folks, um, we're struggling with the death, the murder of a black man um, that the entire world knows and has seen the trauma that comes with that, um, the, uh, the unrest, um, the attacks, the principal attacks on black communities and black neighborhoods that weren't even near the site of his, of his murder um, and all the trauma that we continue to endure as a result and really trying to figure out like God, like what is your plan? What is your plan? It feels like a deeply unjust and unfaithful uh, community that we are nestled in right now in the midst of a pandemic that is continuing to show itself um, to be completely um, disrupting, not just of our entire world, but even more deeply disproportionately disrupting to communities of color, low income communities, those who have already been challenged by these systems in so many ways. What is your plan? I think a lot of us, we had a lot of questions and not a lot of answers. But what I have learned is that God's answers are within us. He's placing answers all around our communities. He's placing answers um, by equipping and inspiring spirits to stand up, to be servants of him, to be ambassadors in the community, to do the work that needs to be done. And I would say about maybe in September, October of 2020, God just like really spoke to me. He was like, look, this is what needs to happen. We need this kind of movement that focuses on these issues and these spaces um, that's going to be faithful to me, that's going to know who I am, that's going to spark um, spiritual awakening. Um, but also that spiritual awakening is not just suppo supposed to sit 
within ourselves. It's supposed to go out into community. It's supposed to meet needs. It's supposed to fight for system change. We can do all of that. It doesn't have to be disjointed. And I had no clue what to do with that. I was like, okay, God. All right, cool. And I just remember like taking that very incoherent vision and just blurring it out on a voice recording on my on my phone and just saving it and just praying like God I hope you do something with this because I don't really know what to do with it in this moment um (laughs) and God is doing it guys and doing it for sure so over the next year so this was fall 2020 and so I will say over this next year God didn't really do much with that vision between fall 2020 and fall 2021 but he also did a lot in my life. And I won't go into full details here on that. But um, I would just say that God has been very intentional on showing me the depths of the systems in which we are um, engaging with right now. And giving me real spiritual vision and clarity on just the ability that everyday people have to be a part of this work, um, to be a part of justice work, to take this information, be able to share it, to be able to really show the connections between um, our faith, um, the scriptures, God's commandments for us, and just also reminding me that the systems that we engage with, those all ultimately will succumb to the glory of the Lord. And so there's nothing too powerful for God to be in the midst, impacting and using his children to do impactful work. Um, And also, it's not just about these systems. It's also about the communities that we want to build um, a new, just, liberating vision for. Um, And I'll talk a little bit about just kind of grounding in scripture in a second. But one scripture that I always go back to is in Acts chapter 2. And we look at the activities of the early church um, and just how deeply interconnected they were, how they were sharing resources, how they were um, meeting each other's needs, how they were um, praying for each other, studying the scriptures with one another, really doing life with each other and how that love and action, how that community, active community continued to grow day by day. It was it was not just about, of course, it started with the gospel, but it also started with the gospel into activated communities of love and support and mutual care, cooperative economics, um, and so on and so forth. And that was what continued to grow the early church. And so I think it's really important for me to create a space where we're talking about how are we actually taking our tenets of our faith and really creating the communities and that we want to see, the communities that we know will nurture our children, that's going to build our institutions, build our economy, um, sustain our growth, um, and not knowing that we have to engage with larger systems, but not being bound to what those systems say we are able to do. Because the early church did not operate within that. (laughs) If anything, they operate against that. And so um, that's something I just wanted to um, put on you all's brain. 
And so fast forward, <laughs> fast forward to this fall, God was faithful to bring this vision back very strongly for me and started to put real language around it. And he kept bringing up revival. That word just kept sticking with me, revival, revival, revival. And I just remember buying <laughs> like some easel paper and just like sketching out these webs. And I was like, okay, this revival can spark this and that and this and that and this and that. And I was like, okay, so where do I start? <laughs> like, uh, where do I start? Where do I start? And so I just want to tell you now, this podcast is not the only thing that's going to come out of the revival. I say that um, in faith and also in accountability. Um, this podcast is to spark a conversation. This podcast is to bring together like minds and like people who are alike in faith. Um, and then we can start to dream and envision what comes out of that. I think another piece for me that is really important when we think about revival is that sometimes, most times when we talk about revival, we're talking about maybe a revival service that's largely, um, largely a, a tradition more in the Pentecostal space where you go to the service and it's normally like a night of worship and praise and it's supposed to spark a spiritual awakening and refreshing in you and then so on and so forth. But actually history shows the revival is something much greater than that. We've had revivals throughout the Christian faith in different ways that it was not just about like it wasn't just about worshiping God on a different level. It was a revival of thought about God, a spiritual awakening that actually birthed new ideas and that birthed new movements. And so I think right now what I have gleaned from this season is that I think there are a lot of people having personal revivals um, in their spiritual life during this pandemic that's birthing new ideas and there needs to be a space where those new ideas can come into contact with other new ideas and hopefully that can build new movements. And so I'm hoping that when we have this conversation through the revival, that we can start to pull those pieces together and find like-minded energy and say, what's going to happen now? We have all these great ideas. How can we birth new movements out of that? Because this, I still believe this world continues to need something new until the second coming of Christ. So grounding in scripture. So as I mentioned, Acts, this is really where I have been kind of nestled in when I think about the revival. I think about the book of Acts. And for those who are not fully familiar with the context of the book of Acts, it was written by Luke. Luke also wrote the book of Luke. And people typically say that uh, the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts are pretty much a part one and a part two, like a part one and a sequel. And so you can read them together. And it's Act, the book of Acts really is a book of history that uh, details the birth and the early church history. And so the book of Acts starts really with the ascension of Jesus Christ after he's resurrected and he reveals himself to the disciples. And in verse eight, this is when he promises the Holy Spirit. And so what's really important about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is God that dwells within us. 
God that gives us the power to follow God's word, to follow his commands, to be able to be righteous, to be holy, to be upright. And it also has to, gives us the power to spread the gospel in a meaningful way to build his church. And so um, verse 8 in Acts chapter 1 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And what I love about the scripture, it says through the Holy Spirit, I can become a witness to God and be able to spread his gospel all around the earth. So that spiritual awakening allows us to go out and to spread the gospel, to be his witness, to build movements, to connect with new believers and everything in between, and to not be bound by location, but to be able to spread that gospel throughout the earth. And that's what we've seen with the, the um, history of Christianity. And then as you go into, and I just encourage you in your free time to read the first two chapters of Acts. I'm not going to go deep into it, but as you continue to go through chapter one and two, um, then we talk about the day of Pentecost. Pentecost is where the Holy Spirit actually came down. And it was a beautiful, powerful, spiritual awakening, literally like a fire in the belly for the disciples. This is the promise from verse eight of chapter one, when Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come down upon you. And then the disciples are uh, speaking in tongues. People think they drunk. They're not drunk. They just speak in the tongues. <laughs> and after this spiritual encounter where the Holy Spirit first takes root on earth after Jesus has ascended, this is where we see the disciple, the apostle now, Peter. And people know about Peter. He was the OG <laughs> disciple. He was the ride or die disciple for Jesus Christ, willing to do all the craziest things. Um, but he also struggled with doubt. Um, he also denied Jesus three times. He has had a full scope and a full spectrum um, of emotions and struggles as um, a disciple of Jesus. But what becomes so powerful and remember the promise on Peter that Jesus imparted that said, um, upon this rock, I'll build my church. So he had already promised upon Peter that he was going to build the church through him. And in Acts chapter two, this is how we see the church literally built upon Peter. So after he receives the Holy Spirit, he actually delivers the first sermon of the church of Jesus Christ. And he preaches to a multitude in Jerusalem and he delivers the gospel and he teaches people after he delivers the gospel how to be saved and um, through that thousands are baptized and then the first body of believers are established um, on earth and then after all of that this is where we go into what I mentioned earlier about a generous and growing church so now that the church is established um, we see in verses 42 through 47, some of the activities of the early church. And I just think it's so incredibly inspiring to see that. And it's a constant reminder for me on how we should be as a church. So I'll read this real briefly for you. So verse 42, this is Acts chapter 2. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, 
and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meet together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So some of the things I really love about this scripture, um, the first thing is just that there were signs and wonders. There were miracles happening. There was healing miracles. There were so many things that were happening that were not natural to humanity and that was continuing to show the power of Jesus even though he was gone and that we have the ability to carry forth um, that power they also devote themselves to teaching to fellowship to prayer um, I always like to use verse 45 as my justification to be anti-capitalist but that's a whole nother conversation for another day <laughs> But I just love how they were so completely generous. They were willing to sell their possessions and redistribute the wealth to all who had need. Um, so they were very focused on cooperative economics and taking care of each other and not um, pursuing greed, but really pursuing just shared ownership, shared wealth. Um, they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple, broke bread from house to house. So just continuing their fellowship in their um, faithful study of the scriptures and the faith. Um, and they had joy. They had joyful and sincere hearts. Like they were happy to be in community with each other um, under the name of Jesus Christ. And because of all of that, God continued to add to their number every day by the multitude, those who were being saved. And so I think what's really important about that is like it's possible to live in godly community and that be attractive to other people as you are living in the spirit. Um, and I think that's re what's really important to me when I think about revival. Um, there is a way for us to fully honor God, to be in communion with one another, um, to advocate for and establish a more just future. And that actually be attractive. <laughs> Because that is what's so desperately needed in our world. And so that was just my little grounding in scripture for you all. Um, in future episodes, I, I will probably take some time depending on, you know, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to just dive deeper into some scripture as well. Because one thing I do love to do is teach scripture. Um, and so really excited to share that with you. So I'm going to wrap this up real quick, just talking about what's to come. So we are going to start off with season one. Um, it's going to be a short set of episodes because um, we're going to sow the seed in faith. Um, and in season one, we're going to do a variety of different episodes. Um, some of them will be just me speaking and whether it's giving a teaching, a meditation, um, talking about potential topic um, in our culture and discourse. Um, we'll have those kind of episodes. But I also want to have episodes where I bring other folks on and get to interview them and have dialogue. And what's really important for me um, is that I really want to center the voices of black folks, black believers who are in this work in all different spaces and sectors. And also those who are in my um 
I want to say my hometown, but my new town <laughs> here in the Twin Cities. I think it's really important. I think there's been so much, so much conversation about Minnesota, so much conversation about the Twin Cities. Everybody has something to say. And I want to center the voices who are often not heard, uh, the voices who are often most directly impacted by everything that has happened, and also uncover stories of hope, of love, of faith, of activation in our community that often don't get a lot of attention. And so I'm going to be really intentional about bringing those voices to you and I'm really excited because there are just so many amazing people here in the Twin Cities community who have been so faithful to God and doing a lot of great work and we have to give them their roses and we have to show them that we care and we love and we support them and we want to find ways to continue to support them so I'm so incredibly excited for this um for this season and so I really want to encourage you to stay tuned. So as we close, I just want to give you a couple of reminders. Number one, subscribe that thing, okay? <laughs> subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. And please, please, please turn on your notifications so you know when the next episode drops. Leave a review and please share the podcast. Please, please, please. When you subscribe, when you leave reviews, when you rate, five-star ratings, and we share, that's going to help us spread this good news all around the community, all around the country, all around the world. And so please invite all of your loved ones into the conversation. Follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is at the Revival TC Pod, the Revival TC for Twin Cities Pod. And just a reminder that new episodes will drop every other Monday starting now, <laughs> January 10th, every other Monday, ongoing for season one. So thank you so much. I just pray that the Lord is blessing you in the new year. I pray that you are energized. I'm energized for 2022. I know people keep making these jokes about how 2022 is pronounced like 2022. <laughs> um, and that may be a little triggering, but I think God is going to do something absolutely amazing in 2022. I think he is going to show himself strong. Um, I think he's going to bless us immeasurably. I think he's going to equip us for what's to come. And I'm so excited for you to be on this journey with me because I think he's going to do a little bit of that through this. So peace and blessings to you and we'll see you soon.